Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. Happy President's Day to you and yours. Everybody's off today around here. It is a holiday for us. They will be back tomorrow, though. In for Josh and Stokes can be Dan Jacobs. And then later, no Sean and Kyle Reese in for Phil and Zach. We start off looking at the front page. Andrew Mason writing, does the Jimmy Garoppolo suspension move him off the Broncos quarterback list? Jimmy G last week popped for two games for next season for performance-enhancing substances. Now, it wasn't like he was doing steroids. I think this was something that... heal. I think it was something that popped up in, like, a vitamin or something Yeah, like it was, he probably... There's a chance he didn't know. Jimmy doesn't need steroids. I no. mean, there's one thing about Jimmy. I mean, physically... I mean, the guy's a specimen. As, as somebody who prides themselves on their my hair, Jimmy's got Jimmy's got some great hair. You pride yourself on your hair? Oh, absolutely. Just like Cecil, huh? Exactly. Oh man, it's, <laughs> I'm 40 and I still got it. I'm rocking. Yeah. Again, I, do I think that Garoppolo is high on their quarterback list? Probably not. But if they are looking at another veteran quarterback, I imagine they would have considered him. Now, if the Broncos are going to draft a younger guy and also bring in another veteran. You'd think that that guy would be the quote-unquote bridge to the younger guy. Well, Jimmy's going to miss the first two games of the year, so I don't know how great of a bridge option that's going to be. Maybe that turns out to be like a later season ad. I'm not sure. Although, if you bring in a quarterback, you want him to be there in training camp. Oh, if you brought in Jimmy later in the season, there'd be no reason to because you're bringing a guy midseason because you need him. And that that two-game suspension, if you sign him week 10, you don't get him till week 12. Jimmy, I don't know if they ever would have even brought in Jimmy. I almost think... He's too injury-prone and almost too good for the bridge. He's not great, but it, it, he doesn't fit the bridge. He couldn't even beat out Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell this year. I mean, no, I they, they didn't want to pay him. He was playing better than those guys. They didn't They didn't want to play of, him. He, kind he's, of. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't great. None of them were great. Aiden O'Connell, I mean, Aiden O'Connell beat the Chiefs out completing a pass in three straight quarters. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Chiefs still won the Super Bowl. But though. Garoppolo, I, I don't know if he ever would have been on their radar. He, he's... It, it really doesn't fit no matter what for him to be a bridge, suspension or not. The suspension all but basically confirms no Garoppolo to Denver. I would be shocked if they brought him in. Those you're right. fam- famous last words right Cause, there. Well, because you're right. You need him for early. If you have a rookie quarterback and you have a bridge, the beginning of the year is the most important time for that bridge to be playing. If, and you're not going to have Garoppolo. If you have a rookie quarterback. Dude, if they... No guarantees, baby. If they, if they do this... If they do this quarterback you'll be, you'll draft be all class. Right. You'll be all right. It's been eight years of misery. One more and not going to kill you. <laughs> this team, man. Jake Shapiro writing, the reports are Russell Wilson is looking to sell his Denver home. That's right. On Friday, we had a report, and it kind of got leaked out there that privately, Russ and Sierra are shopping their mansion in Cherry Hills. And we all remember when Russ first got to Denver, they set a Denver area market record by $9 million for a home purchase when they bought the house with four bedrooms, 12 bathrooms. 
It does have a pool house and indoor pool. It's. I mean, what am I gonna? What am I gonna do with a twenty-five million dollar home? <laughs> what is anybody what gonna, gonna do? do what is anybody gonna do with a twenty-five? It, the, the bigger story here is for one. Good luck, Russ. Twenty thousand square feet and four bedrooms. There's got to be a lot of unused how, space. How big are these bedrooms? So much room for activities. Yeah. What are they? What else is going on? Maybe there's a football field uh, that's inside right. it. That's right. So if you're out there and in the market for a twenty-five million dollar place owned by former Super Bowl champion. You're in luck, buddy. By Broncos legend. You are in luck. You might even be able to get a good deal on that. I'd be surprised they get every dollar Somebody's out of pitching that. They're like, this is owned by a former Bronco, a right. Bron- a Broncos quarterback that won a Super Bowl. And he's like, I'm getting Elway's house. I'm that's getting right. Manning's house. That, that, that's right. <laughs> like, no, you're getting Russell Wilson's house. Yeah, they bought it for 25 and the previous record for a real estate sale in Denver was $16 million. Like, You know, two years, the Russ era is coming to a close. He was an NBA All-Star last night. Russ yeah, was. Yeah, he was. He Buzz was. cut Russ. How do you feel about his new look? Hey, man, it's it's your, I don't get on people for their hair. It's your hair. Rock it however you want. Okay. He just he just unrecognizable. Last it night. It was just out of nowhere. It, it was, was out of yeah, nowhere. Was, well, maybe he just needs a fresh start. Buzz it off, right? Buzz cut's really convenient. It is super convenient. You, just, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you just rock it. You can wear a hat. You don't have to wear a hat. It's it's, it's all. like his buzz cut, though, is like early stages combo K-Fed slash Channing Tatum. It's like, you know, all right, moving, 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 moving on, moving, moving, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the front page, Jake Shapiro writing that odds makers expect the Rockies to be the NL's worst team again. In fact, according to ESPN, they project the Rockies to be the worst team team in baseball. However, Rockies fans, we have for you a shred of hope. As Dante says, they probably shouldn't lose 100 games this year. Dante, give me your argument, sir. Um, Better make it good here. I, yeah, I don't think they'll lose 100. I think it's tough to lose 100 back-to-back. Um, I also don't really get on them for losing 100 last year. Oh, no? Um, no, I I got some stats to back it up that they're actually a pretty well run franchise. Oh well, wow. well, 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 that's well run. I am on a spell. Okay, right, you ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. So since the Rockies became an you organization, hear this, Charlie Dick Montfort is that Charlie? Charlie's the brother, and that the, the what's the, what's the brother's I, 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 name? Uh, Bob, this is for I have you. No this is, you ought, Shout listen, out to Montfort. you ought to send this guy a care package. Every jersey in the book, you know, for, seats behind home plate for being willing to come on the him, air you and play. say good. Yeah, you might honestly, you might be able to start. I, I can How's the arm? A little bit. How's oh, the it's arm? Pretty good. I still got. I know you popped well, the Achilles. All right, all right. So tell me your stats okay. that are going to prove the Rockies are a well-run franchise. All right. So since they became a franchise. 21 of the 30 teams have lost 100 games. Okay. Do you want to know the list of the other teams that have not done it? I would love to know. Okay, ready? It is the New York Yankees. Pretty good franchise, I would say. The Boston Red Sox. Pretty good franchise. The, what else we got here? The Atlanta Braves. Philadelphia Phillies. St. Louis Cardinals. The LA Dodgers. The San Francisco Giants. And uh-huh. somehow the LA Angels are on this list too. Uh-huh. But let's not count them. All, All right. the other teams are just named though. Incredibly run franchises. Well, they would argue the best run franchises in baseball. Well, let me tell you what, I am convinced the Colorado Rockies, elite franchise. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, sorry, I got another one for okay, you. Okay, okay. okay. So right, since right. they became an, the... Right, I'm just going to let you know, 0 for 1 with the first stat what do you in mean? my mind. I just... It, no, no, no. You're, did the you not hear the company that they are with? I did. Okay. I did, but that's also one season. So... Let's just no, move no, no. on. I said since 94. No, I oh. got gotcha. you. Oh, okay. t- I got gotcha. you. It's okay. one season in their history. I understand. Next stat. All right. 
Also, you're trying to convince me here, counselor. All right. That's what I'm saying. The other three expansion teams since the Rockies became a team are the Florida Marlins, Tampa Bay Rays, Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. All three of those teams lost 100 games before 2004. How's the World Series? The Marlins lost in 98. (laughs) (laughs) The Marlins did in 98, the Rays did in 01, and the D-backs did in 04. Okay. All right. Is that all you got? Yeah. I mean, if you're you're putting teams in groups here, they're in the good group to be in. You hear that, Dick? I'm just telling you. This guy, Rocky superfan, Dante Gomez from Arizona, folks. A round of applause. I like hey, the Rockies. Hey, I, I like going I, to the games. I'm gonna ask, it's I'm going to ask you a question, to to Dante. Field. Dante, you're for, you're an Arizona sports guy. Yeah. Who's more fun to watch, the Colorado Rockies or the Arizona Diamondbacks? I mean, come on. It's the Diamondbacks um, because they've competed, they've competed okay. for World Series. The Arizona That's Diamondbacks are more fun to watch. But if I had to choose to go to a game, I'd, choose, I'd rather go to a Rockies. Right. Well, because Coors Field's the best Coors outdoor awesome. sports bar in Colorado. Yes. There's, no, there's no question about it. In Arizona, you're playing in like a big warehouse. For sure. And sweat your fun. face off out there in the sun. Well, so. it, it is indoor. It's Well, <laughs> you're still sweating. Yeah, You're still sweating out there at Chase Field. But there's no, you, do you get that pool? I've not been in the pool. I've yeah, we know. We know you haven't. What do you mean you know? Yeah, I know. I know you haven't been in the pool. How do you know that? Because, Dante, when you come to me with stats like that, that, those are stats indicative of a man who's never been in the outfield pool. I am Chase so, Field. Chase Field I'm pool. so I'm confused. <laughs> well, Chase Field has a pool. I'm confused oh, on not okay. being invited. But, yeah, there's but, a pool in the right field. Dante, it's good to have positivity it towards is, things. It is. That was, that was it's good. great. Dante. I couldn't I, – did he convince you that they're not a poorly run franchise? Uh, uh, no. Sorry, but I like Dante. So I know I he's a good guy, that. and I appreciate him <laughs> swinging. Somebody had to – Step up. Somebody had to defend and step the to the plate. And again, like I say, you might be able to start in left field this year. Or no, maybe I think they got a left fielder. You're more of a pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can throw me in the bullpen. Closer? There you go. Closer? Um, I heard, I heard I the Bard card. I don't have. Uh, I heard Daniel Bard's going to miss spring training. Yeah. I don't have that There's kind of velo. I'm, uh, I'm more middle. middle uh, You're right. Guy. For that, we're going to have to go to James Merrillat. The strongest arm, the rocket. We all know that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Andrew Mason writing the top NBA announcer shares all time great. Hype for Nikola Jokic. He met with Kevin Harlan at Super Bowl week, and Harlan said in his 37th year in the NBA, he's never seen anything like Jokic. He referred to, you know, watching Kobe and seeing some Michael, watching LeBron and seeing a bunch of different players that contributed Magic and Jordan. He's got a little mishmash of everybody in there. But he said he's never seen anything like Nikola Jokic. I think that's pretty accurate. And by the way, happy birthday, big fella. Happy birthday, birthday, Nicola. How about that, man? February 19th, 1995. 1995. God, makes me feel so old. The year after the 8th seed Nuggets beat the 1 seed Sonics. He turned 29 today. How about that? He's, uh, yeah, Kevin Harlan, the praise we heard from Larry Bird earlier. You've heard Kevin Durant do it in the past. LeBron has praised him. It's, he's constantly doing things that we haven't seen before, and that's very hard to get in the NBA. And as Nuggets fans, I waited my whole life to have the best player in the world. And I hope Nuggets fans are finding a way to watch him because he's absolutely incredible. Well, did you see Aaron Gordon's suite over the weekend? I did. I did. So one of these, and we'll bring it up here. I want to get to what Larry Bird yeah. said about Jokic, but I thought this was really interesting. So Aaron Gordon had a comment that was aggregated by one of these accounts on Twitter that kind of doesn't give you know anybody credit, but they just use your your content. Basically said he doesn't understand why the Nuggets don't have another all-star this year. And I've had this debate a lot, but the reason they don't have another All-Star is because nobody else deserved it. Now, that doesn't mean that anybody else isn't an All-Star caliber player. And so Aaron Gordon tweeted out, he goes, look, about this, 
How about we focus on finding a way for everybody in our local market to watch our games first? Yeah. That's what he said. And then he said, anybody out there who doesn't think Jamal isn't an all-star caliber player is tweaking. And nobody doesn't think Jamal's an all-star caliber player. He's just not that dude every night. I did find it interesting, though, that he made the first comment because I think it's important that we don't forget this is the fifth year in a row that the majority of the market cannot easily access these games. It sucks. Yeah, no, it does because there's there's all time great. Dem- I mean, they want it. They want a championship. Funny, I mean, you they know, got they, 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 they want a championship with the, the best Ab- player in the world. The Avs and Nuggets in their respective sports have the leading candidates for MVP right now. Yeah, and a lot of the fan base is disconnected. That just it just is a real bummer. And again, I'm not placing blame in any one direction other than the fact that it just it, it it the people that are suffering here is a fan base, and that's a shame. It is because I believe I'd be interested to hear what you thought about this. We're definitely watching the greatest Denver Nugget of all time, without question. Yeah. No, Joe Sackick is there. Sackick, but yeah. McKinnon, when it's all said and done. I don't know. Where you know does it end? You know what's crazy is when you look at some of Joe's career numbers, Nate would almost have to have a, a duplicate career moving forward then, from here on out to catch Joe in some categories. I don't think he will, but... If he gets another couple of cups, that well, that's the thing. Is now we're talking. At, at the end, it's about championships, yes. and, and things like that. That, that and, is the and he's playing yeah. in a different era. It, 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 that's kind of weird, but it's either way. We're watching generational mm-hmm. talents with both of them, and with Jamal is the All Star game. My main thing with why I'm not in an uproar about Jamal not being there is because he was injured for right. for a good chunk. Had he played through, because Jamal, when they've been on national TV. Boston, the Lakers recently, he, he's cooked the opponents. So Dante getting absolutely roasted on the text oh, line. Yeah, for we'll the get Rockies to that. Thing. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, here was Larry Bird this weekend on Nikola Jokic. Jokic, I would love to play against him. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. He's yeah, good, right? He's good. I mean, there's so many great centers over the history of our game. Man, is he good? I just hope he stays healthy and able to continue to do what he does because he is fun to watch. Probably yeah. more so than by the league. They used to be the when the Golden State was healthy, they were really fun to watch. Now I switched over to Denver. He makes that whole thing go. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he be fun to play with? Oh man, God. I mean, it's cool to hear one of the. You know, we hear this from legends, obviously, as the Nuggets won a championship. The credibility has for a lot of these guys to come out publicly and declare how much they enjoy watching the Nuggets. I think that's cool to see. That's cool. It's a point I've made is 20 years ago, if you would have brought up 25, 30 years ago, if you would have brought up the Dallas Mavericks, Mm -hmm. they were a joke. You would laugh about them. Nobody laughs about the Mavericks anymore because when Dirk got there, they won a championship. I think it's important. The Nuggets had a very bad reputation in the NFL. Players did not want to be here. But now you're getting kids that are 8, 9, 10 years old that when they're good and they become pro, it's like, oh, I grew up, I watched the Denver Nuggets win championships. Mm. It's, it's not just amongst the, the, the players of the past. It's amongst people coming up. It's amongst people in the NBA right now looking at the Denver Nuggets now as a championship organization versus the team that let Matumbo walk for absolutely no reason. Good point. You ready to hear why, oh, the, why the text line's killing Dante? So here. Dante <laughs> Teresa, anybody yeah. hasn't tuned in, Dante <laughs> mentioned when the Rockies, he doesn't think the Rockies are going to lose back-to-back 100 games. He mentioned the only other teams, or he mentioned since the Rockies came into the league, all but like eight teams have lost 100 games, and the teams that have not are some of the elite franchises in MLB. And then 
he made another point that what was your other one? The, the, what was the, your other? That the expansion teams all lost a hundred games before the Rockies did. That's even right. Though, even though they've all been not in the even World close. Series. It was two thousand four. Right. So since like two thousand four. No, no, no. Since ninety four, all the other three have done it before two thousand four and been to the World Series. Okay. And won. Okay. Wait, did Tampa Bay win? So this was Tampa no, Bay did not. I'm an idiot. Here's I'm here's why you're getting crushed because your premise was let me tell you why they're not a poorly run franchise, which I think your question could be maybe they're not as bad historically as some may think. That might have been a better way to put it. I would agree with that. So here here's here's uh the reaction. Are you curious? Yeah, uh, very curious. Very curious. Very curious. Okay. <laughs> Get this clown off the air. That's the worst offense I've ever heard. All right, that guy, I mean, you're not a clown. You're not somebody's gotta go to bat for these guys because God knows Chris Bryant won't be there to do it. All right, how about this? Give Dante the rest of the day off after that. Sheesh. Oh my god, here we go. Rocky's apologist Dante. <laughs> That's fine. This is what's gonna I'll happen. Take that title. It is a, Dante made points whether you agree with him or not he, he yeah. made he made some solid points again uh, the premise of his argument was, was, was failed that they're well run yeah 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 it was that. not justification this as, is not nice as to why, oh no no <laughs> i like this i think this I'm is fine, fine with it I, know. I disagree so i you just, disagree <laughs> you disagree that you're a clown yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with I that. Disagree okay. with that <laughs> Do not ever let Dante speak again. That was the stupidest thing I've ever heard regarding sports. Hey, man, you got to wear I don't it. understand how Dante's stupid to point dope. out. The Rockies have never won the NL West division in their entire history. What do you mean a good run franchise? As long as the Monforts are the owners, the Rockies will always be horrible. I expect 100 loss back-to-back -back seasons. Dante, this was a losing battle. Well, I didn't... Well. Did, did anybody... <laughs> here's the thing. Did anybody write in... Even giving Dante the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> is there any? Uh, is there anybody sort of, in support of Dante? Yeah, or just not, not, not. You know what? I, not this town's jaded against the Rockies. They don't know what it's like to be in a what. And what? I mean, I've, the Diamondbacks have been. They went to the World Series in 07 and like in 2011. I think they went to the playoffs too. But like, Diamondbacks aren't a well-run franchise. Like. And at least it's fun to go to Rockies games. The Rockies are somewhat competitive, was my Hold point. On. This they, is the motto for this year's team. At least it's fun to go to the games. That, Rockies 2024. But also, they're a young team. They're getting better. I like Bud Black. I think they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, baby, positive. I love it. Okay, let's keep I it positive. Let's keep it positive. Keep it positive. Look. I, I think it's Dante's last name, Marilot. No, it's not. And by the way, and by the way, James would be burying the Rockies. So Dante's actually coming from a place of optimism. What's funny is I'll give him a hard time all day long. But you're right. It is a good experience going down to Coors Field. It's dirt cheap, so you have a great time for absolutely nothing. I mean, compared to most things that you can do anymore. I mean, for especially a younger generation, or if you're not trying to fork over, you know, I mean, how much it costs to go to a Broncos game now? Exactly. I mean, it's insane uh, for a family dude, of four. It's, uh, and the time. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it's it's the whole, you got to get in the, for Broncos game, you got to get in the parking lot like three days in advance. I'm pretty sure for Rockies it. games, there's a guy outside the door that pays you 20 bucks just to come in. We, can go, we, we can go right now. I think, I think, I think so. I mean. But I actually have a theory that the Rockies have right. a better we attendance. We may be done with your theories today. No, 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 no. I think this is a good one. Okay. The Rockies have a better <laughs> attendance. <laughs> if this is a bad one, that's it. All right, go ahead. No, this is a good one. You know, I'm going to. Not this is a weird one, but I think it's true. Uh -huh. The Rockies have a better attendance because they're bad and they don't have to charge for tickets. Because I do think if they were good uh, in uh, Colorado, is an amazing place. To Thirty be. to forty dollars. They got a beautiful ballpark much. down there. I wish them all the best. Yes. And look, I'm not rooting against them. I just don't trust them as far as I can throw them.
Look, John, uh, we got we got more reaction here on the text line. We also have tons of other stuff to get into. But on the other side, we've got to get back into the Avs, who are back in the win column. Four to three over the Yotes. But are our concerns quelled? We'll, we'll dive into it all next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. John Davis in for Mike and Mark this morning. Thanks for locking in with us. Join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. We'd asked a couple of questions. We'd asked the best portrayal of an American president, either fictional president or a real president being portrayed. Tons of tons of submissions here uh, for that. But we'd also asked about ways to fix the NBA All-Star game. Not a ton of submissions. I mean, not none none worth sharing so far. But I do think it's important that we bring something up that I I just found actually. So that'll that'll come up on the other side. There's an interesting way, interesting little wrinkle that that uh, that a lot of the NBA players after the game last night kind of shared. So I think that's interesting. But I do want to get into the apps. Four to three over the Coyotes last night. Back in the win column, and back home, it, it, they were on the road for a long time. John, there was a stretch prior to the All-Star break for the Avalanche, that they had 11 of 13 on the road. They had a five-game road trip, came home for one, and then went back out for six. Or no, they came home for two, went back out for yeah. six. Yep. So this is a team that spent a lot of time away from Ball Arena. Now, they started the year really hot on the road. I think they won their first six. Don't you remember at the beginning of the year they had that road win streak that carried over from last season? Yeah. Yeah, there was something it was something like 14 I think they had gotten to. Well, the point is is they've been really bad on the road since. It was important to get home for this crew and you could hear them in all their reaction yesterday about the game talking about how nice it was to be back home and Bednar addressed it right off the hop yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I liked the game in a lot of ways for us to get the results huge. You know, I think whenever you're coming off of a crappy road trip and you get to, you're digging in and guys are playing hard, very competitive tonight, I thought. And especially in some of the areas that we talked about five on five and you, you want to get results. And it was it was tough sledding at times because we gave up a couple of really good chances and a couple of goals. They so get the power play goal early. But I didn't think our mindset changed much, you know, when it came to the work that we had to do in order to win the hockey game. It was definitely a close game. But my feeling is they're kind of going through the exact same thing we were, right? Like they were going to be digging in and paying attention to all the things that they need to to have success as well. And it's a good hockey team. They've given us trouble. Yeah, look, Arizona came in on an eight-game losing streak. This thing got a little shaky down the stretch. This was not a game that they could afford to lose last night, and I'm glad to see they were able to pull it out, kind of bolt, you know, tighten things up there in the third period, and they got the win. Yeah, it, it did get you when the Coyotes were playing with that empty net. Yeah. in the last minute, yeah. I mean, they were getting some real shots. Well, because, there. Well, because he, they got a power play, right? Avs, yeah. Avs committed a penalty at the end, so they were six on four there for a little while. And it was getting it, it was getting dicey there, but they they had to. This Avalanche team, to me, for one, I, I'm not, no excuses. There's reasons. The problem with the road trip was they they lost so many on the front end of it mm. that they went into the Panthers and Tampa Bay games needing to win right. against two really good teams. They they put themselves point. in a really rough position there, but they had to, they had to shake off some of this bad energy that that was coming with them, blowing leads, getting down early. Uh, the power play is still an issue without Val, but overall. 
winning cures all. At the end, it doesn't matter how you got it. You need to get it. We still have concerns. But what happened is they leveled out at some point yesterday, which I liked. They lost a lead. They got it back. They lost a lead again. They got it back. There were some really good things that they could build on. I'm not ready to say, hey, let's let's get the parade route planned. Yeah. but Because uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, but it was a good win. No question. Yeah, no question. I, I Again, I, I go back to the way that they're winning. It's still when Nathan McKinnon drives a bus. I mean, okay, so they got contributions last night from Jack Johnson and Ross Colton and Devontae. All great. And, and you're not going to turn your nose up at that at any point in time. But McKinnon was also brilliant last night. He played 23-33. He had nine shots on goal. And, in fact, last night he had nine shot attempts. So shot attempts are different than shots on goal. Shots on goal are some shots that actually get stopped by the goalie. Shots on net are just shots you take. Well, he had nine shots on net from inside the slot, which means the Avs were getting net front pressure, and he was driving hard to the front of the net. You love to see that. You want them to be aggressive. Those nine shots, that's the most for any player from the slot at all this season. So, again, while, okay, we can talk about, yeah, they got contributions from Colton, and, and yeah, you get contributions from Jack Johnson, you still had a brilliant game from Nathan McKinnon. And I think the crux of the crux of what I'm worried about here is much like they were last year when that guy's not driving offense at a high rate, this is a different team. And again, there was frustration early in that game last night. Miko Rantanen with a couple of bad penalties. And, and he's losing his cool after, I think, 100%. the second one. He's, he's, he's getting into it with the ref. Yeah, it was, if I was the Coyotes, I would have been like, oh, we're in their head. 100%. That's how it came off. Yeah, we're getting to them. We're getting. And typically in the past, you'd see Gabriel Landeskog be able to settle things down. Or maybe even Nachushkin come out and be able to generate some offense, provide a spark, snap you out of it. Because still, to this point, I'm not even sure what the current total is but when he left for the player assistant program he was leading the league in power play goals this season I mean he was a damn good player when he was playing this season he was healthy again finally yeah he came on this year being the the other threat on the team outside of the the big stars yeah well he was being the guy that they paid him to be after the cup run yeah he was you know we talk about it all the time about well you know Kadri wanted seven by seven you know he wanted 49 million the Avs didn't want to pay him that later into his career and Val I mean that's just a rare breed I mean he's a Russian bear on the forecheck I mean he's a net front presence he's fast as the wind he back checks he does everything that it's really hard to get other guys to do because they're thankless jobs greasy jobs but those are the type of guys that are so essential to winning a cup I'll just tell you right now if he never comes back this year they're not winning the only chance they have is if he comes back let's see what they do at the deadline by the way that's fast approaching March 8th couple weeks here it'll be interesting to see what they do last year they they stood still when I think they probably should have made a buried them so bad last year and no, they got they have to get Nachushkin back. You and I have talked about this earlier. We've yet to see them with Nachushkin and Lekkonen right for any period of time. And Lekkonen's come back, and he he was a big reason they beat the Capitals for sure. He was keeping them, he was helping them stay in that Tampa Bay game. Yeah, and but it kind of looping back to what you're pointing out about the Avs when McKinnon's not driving the bus. You look at a team like Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kucherov is obviously the guy. But, I mean, they got Stamkos. They got Braden Point. They've Hagel, got they, they, yeah, they, Nick they, Paul, yeah. And for years now. Oh, right. For years now, right. they, when Kucherov isn't on, they'll get the momentum going to where you've got to go to them, and then Kucherov comes back in. It, so, 
part of it is don't wait for McKinnon to take the lead. That was one of the big frustrating parts of the Tampa Bay game. When McKinnon went out, mm. that was an opportunity to build that momentum and say, hey, we don't have our guy for a while. And they played well. And that was just a huge missed opportunity in that game. And by the way, Nathan McKinnon, let's see if we can go a game without him bleeding. Dude, yeah, it's happened I mean, come two on. games in a row now. So against Tampa, he took the puck to the face, off the visor, hit the nose, and instantly I go, oh, my God. I mean, things so go bad. from bad to worse. You're 1-4-1 and one on the road trip. You're going to lose this game to Tampa. And now, I mean, the last thing that you could possibly afford is to lose Nathan McKinnon. Well, he broke his nose, came back out six minutes later. And then last night he got high stick in the nose. I, hockey players, man, they're just they're just a different breed. Like professional hockey players, you got to have like some wires crossed in your brain that are rerouted in different. You directions. have to like lock them in the locker room to get them from. And that was that was the thing when McKinnon took the puck to the face the other night. I was saying because it like it was like when Jokic got poked in the eye. Mm. But I'm like, when a hockey player reacts like that, that must have really hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you when, kidding me? Like, Taking a frozen yeah. disc of rubber, 80, 90 mile an hour, right to the schnauzola. That can't feel good at all. At all. Devon Taves with the game winner last night. It's a great goal. Great goal. It's a great goal. Great goal. Really good play. So let's see if they can't stack a few. They've got six of their next nine here at home. And this is a really big week because even though they're at home, they're still playing good competition. On Tuesday, so tomorrow, Vancouver comes to town. And if you want to see a good game now that, you know, football season's over, get back into the abs, make your way down to Ball Arena tomorrow night. Canucks are the best team in the East. They've been the surprise team in the NHL this year. That'll be a really good matchup and a good test for the Avs. Here's something the Canucks can do the Avs can't do. Canucks can send lines and waves. The Avs are struggling to do that right now consistently. You've got to, as we make our way here, 26 games left before playoffs, the Avs have to find a way to be able to generate something on a second line. And and, and I fear, John, the, the only way that'll ever happen is if they get rid of Ryan Johansson. And I don't know if they're going to be able to mid-year. He, he is a significant anchor on this. He's he, I think he had an assist last night, but it was a cheater assist. I mean, he's coming back up on the reload. He gives <laughs> it to, he does. He, I mean, it's just yeah. like, you know, you didn't well, really set anybody up. You just happened to be the last guy to touch the puck before Jack Johnson walked it down oh, and then beat right. Malka. Right? So he's, he's just not enough of a driver. He doesn't facilitate enough. He's not good. He's not dynamic enough. He's too slow. You need somebody in that position because let's think back now to the playoffs. Nazem Kadri. That's a dude who drove the bus alongside McKinnon. So now we got two lines. Well, it, it, that's to the, and that's how you can overcome the goaltending. Right. That's it, what it, makes it, the Avs the Avs. That, and that's how they won the Stanley Cup. It was like, goaltending doesn't even matter. We, we just need you yeah. not to be a sieve in net, Darcy. Yeah. Okay? I mean, you can play with one eye, and we're, we're good enough to win. The Avs don't need a Vesna-caliber goaltender. I've heard a lot of people go, hey, go get Marc-Andre Fleury. Go get Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay, well, they don't really have space to do a lot of this stuff. And as I said the other day, you can go get Marc-Andre Fleury, go get Jake Allen from Montreal. I don't really care what goaltender you bring in here. If you are not better in front of them consistently, it's not going to matter. That's their big problem is they have these defensive mishaps. They got they got the goal called back last night, thank right. God. Yeah. But the amount of, I don't know if it's a miscommunication, these are very, Stamkos' goal when yes. they played Tampa Bay. Yes. Tonight, these are very clean shots yeah. on net that are going to be hard for anybody to stop when the opponent has either two uh, two on one, three on one, or just has so much time to get in there and put it in. So, yeah, they've got to improve the defensive breakdowns. More your reaction on the other side on the text line. Also, Broncos ownership. I mean, 
feels like we kind of hit the jackpot here. As a lifelong diehard, you go to every single game type of guy, Broncos fan, John, I'm curious to get your perspective on the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group. We'll do all of that next. Happy President's Day, Denver. In for Schlereth and Evans this morning, here's Matt Smith and John Davis. Matt Smith and John Davis filling in for the guys today. Then the, the, we had the NBA All-Star game last night. That was It was about what you want, but Jokic, I thought Jokic was pretty. I thought he had a good time in the NBA All-Star game last night. He did... They hit a, uh, an alley-oop layup in there. The Avalanche go ahead, and uh, the Avalanche get the big win that they needed last night. And right now, Matt Smith, I forget what we teased going into I this I Broncos segment. ownership. That's what it was. Yeah, it Broncos was for ownership. me, Broncos ownership. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, it, as far as Broncos fans are concerned, and we talked about this prior to the ownership situation finally resolving, but, you know, I remember those conversations. We were saying, look, we don't want a Jerry Jones. God forbid a dance center. We don't know what to expect because the Broncos ownership situation had been rudderless for the better part of, I don't know, 10 years-ish. I mean, maybe not that long prior to the uh, Walton Center family ownership I, I, group taking over. Yeah, I think 10 years is about when it, it started to become, okay, Pat's wh- health started where to decline. The, the buck yeah. stops where exactly. with this organization? And then we had yeah. the fight with the kids, and clear, and then it became clear that, okay, no Bolins, we're going to you know <laughs> retain ownership of this franchise. But I had this conversation the other day with Stoke, and I'm curious. I mean, you are as diehard of a Broncos fan as I know, I mean, you got to feel really happy about the situation here because it may not feel like there's a lot of hope in the short term, but I'll just say, I mean, long-term wise, they haven't batted an eyelash at spending whatever they've needed to and committing whatever resources they've needed to to improve whatever it is, be it 400 grand for one game at the end of the first season for a new playing surface, be it a brand new facility down here at Dove Valley that already just recently went under a renovation, be it a, a new quarterback, a new coach where you're investing heavy contracts into these guys. That's the one thing that we that we hoped for and expected when they finally became clear that it was going to be the Waltons that were going to buy the team. Look, you've got unlimited bankroll, but will you use it? Or is it just going to be some sort of side project? Not only have they been willing to use their unlimited bankroll, but Greg Penner's been here. Yeah, We, we yep. see him. He spoke at the end-of-season press conference. Not all owners do that. So I'll just say, you know, it's early on in the process for the Walton Penner Family Ownership Group, but I, I don't know how you could be upset with them at this stage. I think they've come in and done a fantastic job. I no, really do. I, I love what they've done. And Penner, not only did he talk at the end, speak at the uh, end of the season press conference, he knew he'd be fielding difficult questions based on the whole Russell Wilson NFLPA contract sure. threatening. So yeah. he kind of he got he was willing to get up there and kind of answer that. No, they've done a great job. I, I think there's not a tyrant like like how would you like to have Carolina's owner right Tepper? now? Tepper. Oh, I mean, that's a complete mess. They He's went from one stop. yeah they went from one guy that's a mess to another guy. Uh, Penner, what I like, he'll he goes to the football people. And he will say, what do you need to succeed? Right. He lets them run yeah. the show. What do you need to yeah. succeed? And I think what we're seeing with him, too, at some point, it will be a, I want results. One problem that he kind of inherited that has kind of been a continuing thing with the Broncos as this all levels out is this weird overlapping of regimes. It was like mm-hmm. Elway leaves. 
They bring in right. George Payton, but he's got to keep Vic. Right. And then Vic gets Hackett. Hackett doesn't work. Or Payton gets Hackett. Hackett doesn't work, but we keep Payton. Then we bring in Sean Payton. So there's been kind of this weird, nothing's ever been completely aligned. It's kind of a mishmash. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think Greg Penner's keeping a close eye on that. And I think they are watching it. It will be interesting to see when he steps in. But not only did he pay for the coach, pay for the quarterback, but what I liked is they they fired Nathaniel Hackett. Right. They didn't let it. They did not put the fans through or the players or anybody through something that was very obvious that needed to be done. They didn't. Yeah. They moved. They saw the problem. They ate the money, and they completely moved on from it. That right there was the best sign that I had gotten from this ownership group. Uh, I, I really like just overall what they've done with the Broncos. This texter on the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Buddy, I think you got it wrong here. I, I, I don't, I'm not with you on this one. This texter says, I do not think the Broncos' ownership is anything great. They seem to care more about the new concessions, bigger scoreboards, and what color uniforms or helmets they're going to be wearing each week. I want an owner that wants to win. I don't see that with this group. Then look harder. I don't think you're really trying. What do you think it means to not bat an eyelash to dole out a $250 million contract, the very first order of business that you do as a brand-new owner? What do you think it means to, as John just said, Fire your first year, first time head coach when you know it's not working. They could have waited a couple of weeks. No, they got embarrassed on Christmas Day. They just told you that's not the standard for us that's acceptable. We're moving on and we're trying to right this ship. They told you by spending all that money on the field that we're trying to put our franchise in the best position to succeed. We don't want anything, oh, the Broncos don't have a good field. You know, look at how bad the team is on the field. Now the field's not great. No, no, they they want to set a standard of excellence here. And I, I can't even possibly see how you get to that point. I, I don't see. And there's, there was a very concerted effort by Penner to fix the injury problem. 100%. Had had. Good point. And what happened this year? The injuries? Way down. Way down. Way down. With the Broncos this year. Yeah, and, and people killed killed them for firing Lauren Landau. I mean, there's a lot of people who are friends with Lauren around here. You know, Sean brought in, you know, Dalrymple Stillskins, Dal, you know, Dan Dalrymple as yeah. their strength and conditioning coach. And the Broncos invested a bunch into, you know, all the health analytics and nutrition and figuring out how do we keep everybody healthy throughout the course of a season. And it rousing success in year one. They, they paid $400,000 to improve a field for two games. It was one. It was, it was one, one game, game. So the players don't blow their knee out. Exactly. No, they care about winning. They, they care about winning. And as far as the concessions go and things like that, they want the game day experience to be good. Now, I'm one of those people, hey, you raised my tickets. You better make it worth it. You raise the price of my tickets. But they're trying to make everything involved with the Broncos, each touch point, to be a positive experience with everybody. The new uniforms, everybody's been clamoring for those for years. Why would you be mad at them? I love that. Here's, a, here's another texture. And, and thanks for listening, but we just disagree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, this texture. Y'all overplay this ownership thing so much. It's all about the quarterback, man. Come on. Nobody talked about ownership when we had Manning. <sighs> okay. First of all, yeah, it's all about the quarterback. We all get that. So do they. And they're not football people. They paid, Russ the, they, they paid Russ the contract. And guess what they're going to do now? They're going to pay Russ to go away so they can find another quarterback. It is all they, – they, they recognize that. You know, I think it's probably be, – probably because they haven't had success these first two years that fans like this go, ah, oh, you care about the money, you're raising season ticket prices, all that stuff. Look, 
I, I, I understand where the common fan is coming from there, but you got to be able to see the big picture here because the big picture means let's just fast forward two years right now. Let's just say the Broncos, and we're, this is all a hypothetical. Broncos move on. Broncos draft a rookie quarterback at some point in the next couple of years here. You're finally out from under Russ. What did the Walton Penner family ownership group do wrong? Did they trade for us? Did they agree when they traded for us to give him the contract? No, that was George Payton. George Payton did all that. Now, if you're upset with Sean Payton, then that falls on them because they agreed. But guess who consulted them? George Payton and company. I'm just saying George Payton has been a huge part of this. If you're upset with anybody, direct your anger there. Direct your anger at the fact that they had to move on from Vic. They had to move on from Hackett, right? They had to move on from Vance. I mean, there was a lot of, of mismanagement, but guess who wasn't involved? Ownership. Ownership. Ownership wasn't involved. That was Joe Ellis. And Sean Payton is clearly the best coach they've had since Gary Kubiak. You, there, there's Not even close. There can be things you like or dislike about him, but he had a team He had a team playing disciplined football for a part of the season, I, and things weren't always great, and I'm not here to sing the praises of this last season because there was a lot to be upset about, a 70-point loss, yeah. a loss at home to the Jets. There's, there's reason to be upset. But also, as far as the quarterback position goes, it's February. We don't The draft hasn't happened yet. And the other thing is, if they don't walk away with Caleb Williams, Drake Mayer, Jaden Daniels, it won't be because they didn't try. I don't think. I think it, it. So if it doesn't happen, I don't think Walton Penner's up there going, "Hey, who cares about the quarterback? Take a uh, take an edge rusher." <laughs> I don't think that's happening. They want a quarterback. I just, yeah, I, I I I struggle to see that perspective. Right when you look at different ownership around the league, you look at owners who a can't afford to do much, so you're hamstrung immediately. There, you look at like you just brought up Dave Tepper in Carolina. Maybe Jerry Jones in Dallas, owners who overstep their bounds and try and be Suggest more than just plays. the owner. There was a report this year that Dave Tepper was like giving plays to Frank Reich. Yeah, <laughs> the the Penners, what they're, I mean, look, you have to understand these are people who, who who run some of the most powerful businesses in the world. Greg Penner sits on the board of a gazillion companies. Guy's wicked smart. He understands that you have to put intelligent forward-thinking football people in positions to succeed, and he's trying to do that the best he can. And guess what? He's learning on the job. When they bought the Broncos, when they got Russell Wilson and Hackett had been hired, I imagine that they entered that situation thinking, hey, we can come in here. We probably kick our feet up a little bit first year, got our franchise quarterback. God knows how hard it is to find one of those guys. And we got Russell freaking Wilson, y'all. We all remember that well. Point is, got this young, you know, you know, offensive guru mind. Now we clearly understand that Hackett didn't turn out to be that guy, but that was the narrative. He was the sexiest name on the coaching market during that cycle. They probably expected to come in, kick their feet up a little bit and go, Hey, this is, this is fun. You know, I enjoy being in the club, but it didn't turn out that way. In fact, it was an absolute tire fire. It was a disaster. And as you brought up earlier, they, they had the recognition to realize, Hey, this ain't going anywhere. And it's not going anywhere in a hurry. Everybody's uh, everybody's upset. We've got to turn the page. Yeah. And they had and they had the confidence and, and the commitment to do so. So I, I don't understand that perspective of no, they don't want to win. They just care about concessions. Broaden your horizons. Free your mind, and the rest will follow. And real quick, yeah, uh, the concessions made from the Broncos game is not affecting that guy's. 
bank account too much. You don't know that. Maybe <laughs> this way. guy's shoving five or six dogs down his gullet every game. Matt Smith and John Davis in for Mike No, no, no. I mean, Greg Penner's, yeah, they're not raising the prices to make the money, but yeah. It's the fan. <laughs> yeah.